Podcast. The Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein Campus will be leading each week's podcast. This is our 111th episode. It's good to see you today. It's good to see you as well, Daryl. Thank you, and hello, everyone. That's yes, different. We're, we're on video. So last year, we spent a whole series during the summer uh, with Dr. Matthew McKellar, mm-hmm. and we talked about all things uh, theological, mm-hmm. I mean, all sorts of stuff, definitions, ideas, um, end times. It was really a good time. When we were talking about what to do this summer, we decided, let's just change it up a little bit, and though we joke we have faces for radio, which we do. Pretty much. We thought it might be kind of fun to do a little bit shorter episode mm-hmm. and uh, add a video element to it. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are. So let's talk a little bit, Pastor Daryl, about what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks, and then let's jump into today's topic. Yeah, so Pastor Mark, our senior pastor, he has been in a series called Psalmology, where he is walking through selected psalms. And so what we're going to be doing this summer is going back through those and picking one particular point and really diving into that a little deeper for application. Sounds like a lot of fun. So what is the psalm for today? You'll never guess. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, because it's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's a very good place to start. I've I've heard that. We should write a song, wear leader hosen, be ready to go. Okay. That that was bad. That's nothing weird. That's from Sound of Music, for those of you that don't. I'm I'm a music guy. There we go. Okay, so um, we're going to jump right into Psalm 1. So let's um, let's talk about the overview of Psalm 1, Mm -hmm. and then jump into that point we want to talk on. Yeah, so the idea behind Psalm 1 is getting at happiness, and who doesn't want to be happy, right? And the question, though, is what will make you truly happy? And the psalmist gets right into it. So, what will make you truly happy? Well, you know, it is not the things of this world. It's actually being obedient to God and doing the things that he wants us to do uh, that will truly bring happiness to us. And so, the psalmist, he contrasts two different types of people, uh, the righteous and the wicked. And so, these are two kinds of people living two kinds of lives with two totally different outcomes. So, he's going to contrast the blessings of the godly with the destruction that the wicked people encounter in life. So, as is very often the case in the Psalms, the Psalms use a lot of um, devices, we might call them devices, literary devices, Mm -hmm. to to, um, get the point across. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the Psalm is saying something two or three times slightly differently or the same. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's kind of a mirror. Yes. But it's a backwards mirror. Mm-hmm. So, the, the point is, to be all that God created you to be yes. is the road to happiness. Mm-hmm. But what does our world say is the road to happiness? Oh, our world says, you need this, you need that, right? We need to acquire things. We need to become more like other people. And once we do those things, we are the creators of our own happiness, and it's up to us to go out and get those things or do those things that will make us happy. Now, there's been a weird thing that's happened the last several years that's also said, not only do you need to chase after what other people have, 
but also that you get to define yourself Mm -hmm. and you get to define who you are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's defined on stuff you can't control. Right. Like, Like maybe race or where you were born or what's happened in your life. And sometimes it's on stuff that either shouldn't matter or is diametrically opposed to what God says. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how people define themselves. Um, I think Pastor Mark preached a sermon several years ago with a young lady who was trying to transition. And then mm-hmm. just God got hold of her life and she started working backwards towards trying to be all that God created her to be. And one of the things that she brought out was that the suicide rate among those who transition um, their gender, you know, in that sense that we say now, mm-hmm. um, was like 300 times normal. Yeah. Because they thought they would be happy mm-hmm. if just this thing would change in their life. Right. So, let's draw back into this idea. If, if that is not the way, I mean, if that leads to destruction, I mean, mm-hmm. which those are kind of Bible words, but, mm-hmm. but, but it is the case, right? When we chase after ourselves, how do we know what God expects us to be so we can try to be that. Yeah, so um, David gives us some really good handles when he begins the psalm, right? So in Psalm 1, verse 1, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the way of scoffers. And so we see three different stages of sin going on here. And and what we see is this downward progression, right? So first, we are influenced by sin. We begin to listen to music that is very worldly and does not honor God. Or we watch television shows that do. Or we look up to people uh, who do not profess the Christian faith or we begin to hang out with questionable people. So, we begin to be influenced. And then once we're influenced, then we begin to identify with sinful people. And so, we we stop and then we stand with them. And so, our way, our path changes and we seek to mimic that behavior, those attitudes, those lifestyles. And then finally, we sit. We become comfortable. And in fact, then we turn and we make fun of Christians. We turn on the thing that we were so much for to begin with. And so, we walk in their counsel, we begin to adopt their ways, and eventually turn our backs on what God has has clearly revealed to us, and we begin to make fun of that to justify our behavior. Wow. Paul mirrors this in what Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. He's talking about you're going to be pressed into a mold. Mm -hmm. You'll either end up looking like the world Mm -hmm. or looking like Christ. Right. That you can't do both. You can't be half and half. Mm -hmm. So, wow, that's that's crazy. I've not seen it just laid out there, but it is a progression. Mm -hmm. It's something that happens. Now, how can we counter that? Well, and here's, here's the frustrating thing. When you read... Psalm 1, you realize, oh my gosh, I've sinned, and how can I find happiness if I'm a sinner? And so, it leads us, one, to despair, but then number two, to say, okay, well, if I can't do this, is there someone who ever has lived a perfectly sinless life, one who has always been obedient to God? And, And sure enough, we find that answer in Christ. And so, the question is, great, how do I become 
righteous like him. And the thing is, is that you and I cannot be righteous as him because we have sinned. However, here's the great thing is that that when we choose to follow Jesus, when we surrender our lives to him, what happens is God imputes, as one of Paul's favorite words is, right? But he credits or gives to our account the righteousness of Jesus. So, God takes that righteousness of his son and applies it to us and looks at us as though we have not sinned. And so, that is how we can live this blessed or truly happy life is by following Jesus and knowing that his sinlessness has been credited to us even though we are sinful people. Now, even though that credit has been applied, Mm -hmm. It's still our responsibility to strive yes. towards being like Christ. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, we're kind of going back to that Romans 12. That's that idea of that that's our, our natural reaction when we realize what he's done for us mm-hmm. is to try to be more like him. Right. So when we do that, um, you, you kept talking about the, the imputing thing. I, I love that word. Mm-hmm. I can't spell it, but there you go. Um, but I think of the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. Like, Blessed are those who this and this and this and this. And what's funny is it's exactly the opposite of what, um, you know, Psalm, when Psalm 1 talks about these people who do these bad things, mm-hmm. the Beatitudes are exactly the opposite, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, we can just follow Christ's teaching. Now, what do we do when we've messed up? Now, because this is the question. A lot of people are going to be listening. They might have family members. Um, they might have children, might have friends, mm-hmm. and they've, they're in step one, step two, maybe step three. How do we, either as individuals or with those that we love, how do we encourage them back onto the path? Yeah, so, and, and here's what I found so often uh, with folks, when they realize they're off the path, there can be such overwhelming guilt. And often the question is, I can't go back to God and tell him how I'm feeling. I've gone so far away and I'm too ashamed. I am embarrassed to go before God. And, and, and I've said this before, he already knows. This is not a surprise to him. And he's simply waiting there for you to return back and admit your wrongdoing. And then when we repent, when we turn away from that and are truly remorseful for it, the Bible tells us over and over again, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. And so, that's the amazing thing. And I know when, when I was a kid and I got in trouble, which happened quite a bit. Really? Believe it or not. I would have never got that. I ain't always been saved. Ooh. I was afraid at times to tell my parents what I'd done wrong. Now, they knew it already, but I was terrified because I did not want the consequence. I didn't want to have to face them. But when we look at our loving Heavenly Father, yeah, he does dish out consequences for our sinful behavior. However, he is also willing to forgive us and welcome us back when we do truly repent. And the word repent, you, you've kind of hit it a few times, but it's the idea of admitting, mm-hmm. accepting, whatever comes along with it. But, you know, that's only the original language. You're better at this than I am. Uh, but the, the original language is kind of this like turn around and go the other direction. Yeah, the Greek word is metanoia, which means literally a change of mind. You see something, you see your behavior one way before, but then you, when you repent, you see it in the exact opposite way. We see it the way God sees it. And so, instead of continuing going down that path or making slight adjustments, we basically do a U-turn and we come back in the opposite direction. 
So if somebody's sitting there and they need to make a U-turn today, or maybe even worse, um, got a child mm-hmm. or family member or friend that needs to make that U-turn, let's just, um, w- w- would you mind saying a prayer for them? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just that, that, that God would just sort of um, do what he does best, mm-hmm. which is redeem a situation that we have no idea how to do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Father, we uh, come before you thanking you for being a loving and forgiving God. We thank you that you give us repentance, the opportunity to turn back to you and to be a faithful and loving God who forgives the sins of his repentant children. And Lord, for those uh, who have family members, perhaps a son or a daughter or a mom or dad, uh, who have turned away from you, Lord, we ask that they not give up in prayer, and yet they still continue to pray for their family member, uh, knowing that you hear those prayers and that you would do a, a tremendous work in the hearts of those who have turned away from you. And Lord, that they would be convicted by their sin and uh, that they would uh, uh, be led to repentance uh, in, in your chastising hand, not to to punish, to harm them, but Lord, to to get their attention so they would return to you. Let them not lose heart, but continue to pray for family members who, um, who, are, who have walked away, or even more for those who are lost. And Father, we ask these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, as we come out of that, and, and we're wrapping up, do you, do you have anything you to say? Here's a final thought before we uh, end our time together. Yeah, so David goes on and he is going to answer a couple more questions in this particular psalm. And so if you want to dive in that a little deeper, uh, I just encourage you here. You know, he's going to talk about how is this person blessed and why is the person blessed? So I encourage you, read through Psalm 1, take your time, read through it slowly, and you'll be able to answer the questions, who is the blessed person? How is he blessed and why is he blessed? A great word. Thank you for joining us today. Join us next week as we continue talking through um, these these points on the Psalms. Mm-hmm. What is our next Psalm? Psalm 3. Psalm 3. We're skipping two. Yep. Okay, great. So we'll jump right into Psalm 3. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, since this is kind of new, you can always like or share or comment on, on how you thought it went. And um, hopefully it wasn't awful. I hope not. So for Pastor Dale Stein and I'm Marty Richardson, thank you for joining us today. Join us next week as we continue to grasp the Bible.